is a podcast about two sisters raised in an effed up family. My name is Christine. I am Jesse's older sister. I was raised by a gaslighting, manipulative mother who raised me to believe people either rejected you or weren't rejecting you. My father was a crazy, racist, vulgar alcoholic who was in and out of my life. And my name is Jesse. I'm Christine's little sister. I was raised solely by the crazy, racist father who raised me to believe I had to either earn or buy someone's love. Hello to everyone out there whose father frequently embarrassed you by talking about his skid marks in his underwear. Welcome to the Family Burrito Podcast Christmas Edition. My name is Christine. My sister Jessie and I created this podcast as a way to release and heal our drunk father wounds. Merry Christmas, Jessie. Merry Christmas. Uh, we say around here, Merry Kiss My Ass. That's what we do around here. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, it brings lots of cheer, holiday cheer. <laughs> so My favorite is the, that you guys created was uh, the shitter box. The shitter box? I don't remember that. Tell me. Yeah, because you were like, for Mr. For Taco, you know? For, uh-huh. Uh, you were telling Shane one day to go clean the shitter box. Oh. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Taco the kitty. <laughs> so how... I mean, so today is the day after Christmas. Yesterday was Christmas Day. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was good. I just cooked food, a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Took naps. Yeah. Watched movies. You know. What about you? I, um, so what I, so it's funny. So Christmas is not my favorite holiday. It's probably my least favorite holiday um, because it's mommy's programming. <laughs> she, Christmas was her holiday, is her holiday, whatever, um, is all about materialistic stuff, all the presents, you know, blowing all the trust fund money for all these presents that no one's going to remember a year later. And everybody has to be there. It's just, she just, everybody, it was, it's her roles, her holiday. So I've never been a huge fan of Christmas, um, but I have decided to make it my bitch. You know, I, we're, I'm divorced now, but you know, Shane and I, my ex, we're still really good friends and we just, because we care about each other and ourselves and our daughter, you know, we have decided to create our own rules, our own holiday. Um, you know, and he grew up, you know, with not a lot of money in Christmas. So, and then I had, you know, to me, all this materialistic stuff. So, you know, we've, we balance that now, but he's kind of like, the, like oh, Christmas again, here it is, you know? And then Sophia, you know, she's 11 now and, you know, doesn't believe in Santa and, you know, we're just kind of like, eh, you know, we're sort of a humbug, but we're do it all together. It's okay. Cause we have other holidays and things that we do daily to celebrate ourselves. So, um, Right. Yeah, so it was it was good, but like every year, Shane makes Santa Claus pancakes, and he's getting better. Like the first year, he I was on Pinterest one year, and you make the Santa Claus pancakes with the, you know, whipped cream and strawberries. But I mean, it looked like his very first attempt at this it looked like Santa got shot in the head. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. So he did a really good job. And so we made breakfast and then um, that's kind of it. And then later on the day, I hung out with a friend and we got in the hot tub and had a good time. So it's like, you know, life is life is different. It's not bad or, 
you know, it's just, it's just, you know, going with the flow. So that's really about it. What kind of um, food did you make, Jesse? Oh, I made ham, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, a lot of carbs, a lot of Mm -hmm. starches, you know. Um, What else? Uh, I made some cookies. Yes, queen. Yeah, there's a bunch of different little things here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. I started, like, I started making deviled eggs, and then I was like, oh, man, I forgot. I need to start these, like, day before. So, like, I still have eggs in my fridge that need to be made into deviled eggs. Oh, God. Deviled <laughs> eggs. Gross. I love those things. Oh, man. Why uh, I, just so, walk, around, mm-hmm. walk around the house farting all day. Gross. 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 <laughs> gross. I don't know. Something about cold eggs. And then also, I don't like mayonnaise and that whole mix. It's just gross. Because you're weird. You're no, weird. it's just gross. <laughs> um, I mean, I, like, literally, if I, like, go to a fast food place and I tell them no mayonnaise and they put mayonnaise on it. I mean, I've had like tantrums, like cry, like I could, it's just, it's bad. <laughs> it's, I will cry if you put mayonnaise on my burger. I mean, it's the most <laughs> disgusting thing in the world. It's just that creamy. I don't know. But, um, so what you cook a lot, which surprises me. I don't know why. How did you, did you teach yourself or did dad teach you? A lot of the things I know are from dad, like how to make mashed potatoes. <laughs> which is um, hilarious <laughs> like that was his signature dish you know mm-hmm. um but i yeah i've taught a lot of the things i know to myself but at the same time you know michael's taught me a lot because mm-hmm. um, in college i wouldn't even defrost the chicken y'all i would just stick the frozen chicken in the oven and oh. michael michael was like i'm surprised you didn't die <laughs> Well, and, and what's like, they didn't even work. <laughs> yeah. And what's cool now is you can put it in an Instapot frozen. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. So, um, I did that kind of thing and I got made fun of. So now I defrost my chicken. Well, actually, I don't even defrost my chicken. I buy it fresh. But, you know, it's really funny how things change as you get older and you learn how to do things. Yeah. Like, I yeah. hate using the microwave. I, I hate using yeah. the microwave. Mm hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, do you know why Dad's signature dish was dish was mashed potatoes? I have no idea. He was just really good at making them. Okay, let me tell you a story. You ready for it? Yeah. So that's why I chuckled when you said that was his signature dish. So it has been a running joke for years that his mashed potatoes are a disgrace to the family. <laughs> let me tell you why. I swear to God, every fucking thing happens on Thanksgiving. I don't know what it is about Thanksgiving. <laughs> so one year I was, I don't know, I was maybe like 10 or 11. And um, I, you know, I always seemed to be like, is me and dad always the first people there. So we were Grandma Lou's. I believe he was living with her at the time. And he was already drunk, his eyes, but he was like drunk, like, you know, laughing. You know, he wasn't like angry yet drunk but he was um you know just having a good time and you know he 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 got off on pressing people's buttons so he knew that grandma would already be irritated you know because he was drinking even though she was drinking too you know let's be honest yeah yeah but so he made these mashed potatoes and apparently they had lumps in them and i'm standing in the kitchen and she's like trying these ma- he, you know trying these mashed potatoes and they have lumps in them and she freaking lost it on him she said 
these mashed potatoes have lumps in them. These mashed potatoes are a disgrace. That he is so funny. Laughed so loud. He was like, "My mashed potatoes are a disgrace." I mean, he laughed <laughs> so loud, and through the whole Thanksgiving dinner. He kept saying about how his mashed potatoes were a disgrace to the family. Because <laughs> he's petty too. <laughs> over and over. And I mean, he was like, he was, he was like, how can mashed potatoes be a disgrace? They're mashed potatoes. And he I think just, I have like reclaimed that mashed potato game for our family. Oh my God. <laughs> because my friends have told me how much they love my mashed potatoes. Yes. And then like when I was making food yesterday, Michael was like, oh my God, these are the best mashed potatoes. You didn't make them too lumpy or too creamy. Most of the time, people over whip them. And I was like, this is this is a perfect story. I love this. Are you telling me that you have brought honor back into our family yes. through your mashed potatoes? Yes. My inner fat kid learned how to cook. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know if he would be happy or rolling in his grave right now. I think he really liked, because every year after that, it was again, these mashed potatoes are just great. Like he, he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard in his life. And it was, and you should have seen grandma's face. She was not cracked. She was not laughing. She was so mad. And the more he, the more mad she got, the more he would talk about it. And it was just, she and then took you, everything so seriously. Well, yeah. And then, you know, then the, the family shows up, you know, the family and you with know, the Prada and the Gucci. Yeah. And he's just going on and on about the mashed potatoes. And <laughs> she's just, I mean, steam is coming out of her ears. I love so, it. Yeah. That you make mashed potatoes. Yeah. Um, that's so funny that, but it, you know, I loved his mashed potatoes growing up though. He would make, he would make a lot of them. And I'd always be like, dad, you need to throw in a few more potatoes. Cause I want to eat them later. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were delicious. Yeah, I'm, and I, so I, today I made lasagna I had a friend come over that brought his dog over and had a, like a doggy date with my dog and I made lasagna and, and actually I was thinking about dad when I was making it. Cause I remember how much he loved my lasagna and anytime yeah, he, he, come over, it, yeah. he was like, please make your lasagna. What are you going to make? You know? So, you know, I, his cooking, I don't really recall a whole lot. I mean, I remember him making those like pork chop German schnitzel things, you know, and he made really good breakfast, you know, um, steaks. Yeah. But I, what's, what's funny is when I think about him in the kitchen, I, it's hard for me to think about food, quite frankly, because that's where he would vomit. Like he'd have all that mucus and he'd be coughing so hard. Every morning, every morning. Yes. 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 yes, And you know, blood coming out. So, you know, and hawking loogies and I'm like, is he throwing up in the kitchen sink? Like, so it's hard for me to associate him with cooking in the kitchen because what I associate it with is him dry eating every morning, you know, with his snot rag that he would carry around where he's sitting, <laughs> you know, and it just, you know, and then he, you know, him laughing, you know, how he'd laugh so hard, he'd start wheezing. You're like, oh my God, he needs oxygen. Like he's not breathing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The... That poor kitchen um, of his old house that had a lot of good memories. Everybody like used to party at his house. My friends would call him the cool dad because he would let us drink. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He would he would um, you know buy alcohol for my friends like with teenagers. I mean, people would stay the night at my house because he'd be the one on the phone with the parents saying. Yeah, they're in good hands. Meanwhile, he's like going off and getting tequila and getting us high, you know. I know. It's so funny. One time Lauren stayed the night at my house and we had both 
went off with these two guys separately. Like we left my house and then left with these two guys separately. So I wasn't around her. Mm-hmm. Dad calls me at 2 a.m. Where are you? Where are you guys at? And I was, you know, like, okay, we'll be home soon. And I get home and Lauren's like, I'm not going to be able to get to your house until like 6 a.m., girl. What? Yeah. it. W- I was like, shit, dude, we're going to be in so much trouble. Well, mm-hmm. thank God dad was drunk. Yeah, <laughs> I love the fact that dad is an alcoholic for this fact. And, um, I got home and dad was like, okay, I want to hear both of you girls, you know, talk. And I was like, okay, dad, it's me. And then I changed my voice ever so slightly. And I was like, yeah, it's me, Lauren. Oh, Lord. And then he like went back to sleep and Lauren came back just in the nick of time. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Let me, let me make sure I've got, I'm going to clarify this. To check to make sure that you guys are safe from his bed, from his room. I want to hear your, he didn't get up. He was just he, drunk in the bed. Yeah. He just wanted to hear, he was drunk on the couch in the living room oh and he was like, I just want to hear y'all's voice. But then he said to Lauren in the morning, you know, when she, like when he gets up and everything, making his coffee, he's like, I'm going to tell your parents when you get here that you guys like didn't get home till 2 a.m. And Lauren and I were like shitting ourselves. We we're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, we're going to mm-hmm. like get mm-hmm. it, you know, and then her parents show up. And he looks at both of us, looks at Melanie, and is like, yeah, everything was great. They were perfect. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah, dad was funny because, like, you know, when I was a teenager living with him, he always knew when I had a party when he'd go out of town because he said that the house was always way cleaner by the, when he came back. Because, I mean, I would. I would put all my friends to work. Like, we'd be dusting the blind. Like, everything had to be perfect, you know? But little did I know is trying to make it all perfect actually gave me away. It showed my guilt, you know. When we started recording, my dogs were sleeping. Oh, they've woke up. And then they woke up and they were like, oh. They heard the word mashed potato and they went crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so sorry for that delay, guys. They heard, um, they heard, um sneaking out and partying and they were getting ready. Um, but yeah, so that's really cool that you have brought honor and grace back to our family yeah with mashed potatoes who would have thunk it that's funny and dad never told you that story i'm surprised no and if he did i just like blocked it out of my memory right 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 right. but i Mm. seriously don't think he ever did because he made a lot of mashed potatoes i feel like he would have told me that story and i always had to peel the potatoes (laughs) uh that's the worst job i feel like yeah well now i enjoy it so it's yeah, it's kind of like meditating. <laughs> yeah, it's like meditating. Um, so did dad have a Christmas tree growing up? Oh, yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that yesterday. So he always tried to have some kind of Christmas tree. Really? And I remember one year. Yeah, like he tried when I was, you know, 14 and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we lived in Golden and he was really broke, you know. He couldn't afford much, but he bought this little tiny Christmas tree that like goes on a desk. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is our Christmas tree. And then I remember that Christmas morning. I remember every Christmas morning, like waking him up at like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so early, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But he was just so down to like open gifts with me, though. So um, did he like do the whole Santa Claus thing for you? Um. So I found out Santa wasn't real when I was five. Because- what? Yeah, and that was because of dad. So he got me a TV <sighs> for Christmas. 
Yeah, he was a really cool TV, along with an Etch-A-Sketch. So it was a pretty badass Christmas. And dad was like, dad and I had gotten in an argument for whatever reason. And again, I was like five. And I was like, well, you can't take my TV away because Santa got, gave it to me. Like, you can't take away something you didn't give to me. And he was like, uh, reality check, Santa's not real. I got you that TV. God, that's horrible. So, yeah. So that was when I found out Santa wasn't real. I can't, I, I sort of wish I had a picture of your face, your little five-year-old face, like. Devastated. Yeah, I mean, like, shock. Like, and but, then, like, shit. Okay, well, if you can take my TV away, I am sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> god that's kind of like cutthroat damn like god like i mean there he went straight for the freaking ju- childhood fantasy dream jugular i think it's mostly because he had such a bad childhood he did not know how yeah. to respond you're and again, right i don't know what the argument was about i'm sure i was just being a brat you were being a five-year-old that didn't have a parent that gave you appropriate boundaries correct right and I'm sure I was hungry or something. Yeah. Yeah. For some mashed potatoes and ham. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he did his, he did his best as far as like trying to give me a Christmas after that. Cause you could see that he felt like crap. Yeah. You like, even the five-year-old me, like could see it come over his face. Like, Oh, I, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, his mouth was pretty like his, he would speak before he would think it would just come out and there was like no filter, you know, Yeah, that's hereditary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of hereditary stuff in there. Um, yeah, and I feel like, but I will say with, uh, with him, you know, you know, there, I love that he would be direct and transparent, but there's a limit to that. Like, that's not always helpful or useful, you know? Yeah, like the sex talk. Did I ever oh. tell you about the sex talk he gave me? God, no. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Uh, it wasn't over Christmas, but I do remember watching Happy Days. And thinking, like, I was watching the show, and I can't remember the main character's names, so forgive me, but the guy who plays Fonzie mm-hmm. is, like, talking to the guy he lived with, like, and he was like, I cannot believe you're still a virgin, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's a virgin? So I go to dad, and he has, like, this pile of coke on the table. What? Yeah, I remember this specifically, because there was, like, a huge pile of coke. And he was, like, gramming it out or something, because there was baggies, too. Like, I just remember that. And, um, I was like, Hey dad, what's a virgin? And he, he gave me the sick, the, the sex talk. And he's like, well, a virgin is when you haven't had sex yet. So like, you're a virgin because you haven't had sex. And he was like, when you're old enough, like 16 or 17, it'll probably be an appropriate time. It'll hurt a lot for you, but it'll feel great for the guy. Oh my God, that's crazy. That's I remember, I, he, so we didn't ever, I don't know. He was more, he was more like fixated on me, not dating black guys and making sure they were white, which is funny because I mean, when you do that, you're just going to want to date the thing that date the person type of person that they're telling you not to date. Like, well, what's the big deal? And there really wasn't a big deal, but I don't know. But he, um, but he would say things like, you know, um, you no sex and um no heavy petting like I didn't even know what heavy petting meant you know like (laughs) I I, I didn't know what that meant like I'm like I don't know 12 or 13 or I don't know but I didn't even know what the hell that meant like a petting let's just grow you're like Like, I was not born in 1955 (laughs) yeah like I don't even know um but yeah and he um 
so so interesting um I don't and I don't really remember as far as like I don't know he never really there was not a whole lot of sex talk he was just more like when I was a teenager he was more fixated on um me not dating black guys and me graduating high school which is cool you know oh yeah he was very big on education Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I definitely appreciate him for because he 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 made me appreciate education at a very young age Mm -hmm. Uh, he has he had a great saying and I'm sure he told you this as well Christine I'm going to share with the audience Um, you can have your freedom taken away you can have your house taken away your car everything but you can never have your education taken away Mm -hmm. and that was powerful because everything you learn like can never be taken away from you yeah and that's so interesting you say that because I recently was going through this um, a few days ago, actually, like this cycle of fear and doubt, like, am I making, am I doing the right thing by leaving healthcare and doing this whole business thing? Like I was in this cycle and I have a life coach and I, she was like, well, what things have you accomplished? She goes, do you have a degree? And Jessica, I literally was like, I had to think a minute and I go, fuck yeah, I got a degree, I got a master's. And then she's like, what else have you accomplished? And I was like, what the hell? So it's so funny. Like when we get in these cycles, you know, like with me personally, it's like you, it's like, how do I get out of the cycle? Fear and doubt, fear and doubt. And I like, now I'm like, okay, so now I've written a list out. I have accomplished, you know, I have earned, I, these are things that I have earned and things I deserve and things I'm worthy of. And it's so funny. Like when you step into new like elevations and cycles in your life, you know, you like, it's almost like you get amnesia or something. Um, but also what was interesting about this is kind of off the subject, but I don't have anybody, well, first of all, I don't have a whole lot of good examples, like growing up of somebody earning something like my mom, it was always, when's the trust fund check going to get there, you know, and she did work sometimes, you know, but it was, everything was, you know, surrounded by money and our mood is good or bad, depending on how much money we have or not have, you know? So I've had like shifts where I'm like, am I? Even though I've earned it, you know, because I don't, I don't have, I've never been taught that really. Um, but also too, is like, I've never heard anyone in our family say, I am so proud I graduated. I am so proud I have this degree. I am so, pr-. it's, you know, I've never heard any, and, and even in society, really, honestly, like you don't, you just hear me, I'm proud of being an American. Well, number right. one, you, you didn't earn that. You were fucking born. Okay. Like you didn't earn anything. You were just born. Okay. And so you didn't do anything to earn that, you know, it's like, so it's like, it's, there's this weird line of like, you know, people, if you say you're proud of yourself, it's like, is it conceited? Like, no, like we are allowed to be proud of ourselves. Oh yeah. I completely agree with you. I, when I was in college, I, you know, I drove an Acura, right. And I Mm -hmm. was fallen in Mm -hmm. some people's eyes, even though I barely could afford the car payment. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friend at the time I was talking about my car and I was worried maybe it's going to get towed because I was like studying for finals and mm-hmm. it was parked in some weird spot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe the campus will just think it's a teacher's car. Cause it's so nice. You know, like mm-hmm. you really can't afford that car. Mm-hmm. And then my friend at the time was like, do you really have to be that pretentious? And I was like, wow, that's not even being pretentious. That's like stating a fact. Mm-hmm. I have a nice car. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, several years later, then I had 
to get the car repossessed because I filed bankruptcy. Like we mm-hmm. all have our shit. Like I wasn't, I had to be humbled, of course, but mm-hmm. then the universe, like, you know, humbled me a bit. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, right, okay, now you can start earning stuff again. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because maybe like at the time when you bought that car, you said you could barely make the payments. Like, why did you buy the car? Yeah, it's because I worked in an Acura dealership and Acura was like, hey, we'll give you, what was it? I think like $500 a month mm-hmm. for having an Acura. Mm-hmm. Well, I made like $300 a week. Mm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that big of a difference. So, yeah. Um, I was struggling even though I, but I had family that helped me out. Dad, yeah. Mac, everything mm-hmm. like that. You, you've helped me out throughout those times. Mm-hmm. So I was very blessed to have family and friends that like support. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I've been sort of in this uh, having epiphanies and things like that. Like I also too, I scratched my cornea on my right eye. And so I've been like basically extremely su- super sensitive to light. So I've been basically laying in my room in the dark for three days and I'm like, why am I laying in the dark? I was like, I have so much to do. And then I just like kind of just embraced it and had all these like epiphanies about, you know, unconditional love. And, and you know, I've been searching for unconditional love and all these different people and things and whatever. And then I finally just had this like peace. I'm like, love myself. I am so proud of myself. Like, I'm amazing. I am strong, you know. And then I started thinking about like, you know, ex-boyfriends and whoever. And I was just like, I send them unconditional love. And then I started thinking about this chick that I work with at the hospital who gets on my damn nerves. And I was like, I send her unconditional love, you know? And it's like, I just, it's when we like have emotions that like the fear and the doubt, like I said, it's like, now I just go, I love this feeling. I love this feeling. Like I love the feeling of doubt and fear because that is where you find your love for yourself. How'd you scratch your cornea? Um, having sex. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> having hot sex. That's weird um, sex, dude. I'm just kidding. Um, I think because I slept in my contact. Um, yep. So I think that's what happened. When I've he said it, it, I was like, she slept in her contact. <sighs> you know, <laughs> F you and F my friend who said the same thing. Um, he's like, what'd you do? <laughs> well, your know I'm like, well enough, you know what? Like, F, yeah. F of a, oh, wait a I love y'all. I unconditionally, <laughs> I love this feeling. Of Sorry that we corny. can call out your shit, Chris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> call me out. Call me out. I love it. Give it to me. More yeah, it. no. Um, I also, I have a calf strain. So it's interesting that we are both injured. Yes. And apparently and everybody's getting injured. <laughs> apparently everybody's getting injured around Christmas. Like my sister-in-law, like did something to her arm. I don't know. And then like a lot of the people I know have Rona right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm like, good. Then you're you're better protected. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm like, just bring it on. But yeah, cholera and like dysentery. Well, so what what <laughs> well, what's so funny is I, my friend and I, we are you know we had planned right before the pandemic started. You know, in 2020, um, we had planned a trip to Spain, and then I mean we had booked everything, and then everything got canceled. And so her and I have been talking recently, like. Let's get that. Let's go. We're going to Spain. And she's like, what about a Mariacon? Whatever the name of the variant. Yeah, uh-huh. And I said, who's that? A rapper? Where is he from? Mexico, South America. And she goes, Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Africa. Yeah. yeah, she's funny. Omicron um, or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know how to. Girl, they're just pulling out shit out of the freaking alphabet. 
That's yeah. What doing. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is like, they're, you know, I don't really read all. I just, I just, what I look at, I just go, okay. So when I read news articles, I read it in a way of like, oh, okay. So this, this news article, everyone's going to be freaked out for the next two weeks for this and then whatever. And then what's the next thing, you know? Cause I just, it's all bullshit, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I also noticed, um, I girl, a lot of these, this world is just overwhelming sometimes. And yes, you have to take a deep breath and be like, Oh, but love, uh, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's really hard when people are dumb, but I'm not even saying that people's opinions are dumb like that, but like everybody has a right to their own opinion. But I have um, a girl I went to school with and everything. And, you know, we used to kick it with each other back in high school, but she is always drinking, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's always on her Instagram stories showing her wine or whatever, Mm -hmm. which I'm, you know, whatever, get a girl, get drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, but she has been one of those people that are like, oh, I just can't wait for this day to be over so I can drink. Mm-hmm. And I just feel so bad for her because now she's always sick. You mm-hmm. know, she's like, oh, I'm sick again. Da, da, da. I'm like, because you're drinking all the time. Right. Depressed. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then now she's like, well, I think I have COVID even though I tested negative. And I'm just like, those tests are bullshit. Like, it's just mm-hmm. all fucking bullshit. Yeah, language like I just cannot stand how everybody's just so wrapped in this one thing. I'm like, do you think people didn't die before COVID? Like, right. Well, and it's the thing that's underneath our nose, right? All of our problems were already there before COVID, right? Right. And that's why I, why my personal belief in my spirit and my soul, the whole reason for this pandemic is for everybody to look at the shit that's underneath our nose, which is our childhood conditioning programming and it's like the thing that's like oh it's this thing we we look outside of ourselves for all these reasons about what's wrong with us and it's all fucking inside of us yeah and then also the same girl um i won't i won't say her name or anything but she knows who she is uh, <laughs> she she also said that uh guy on i-70 that caused that um pile up and the four deaths and everything because he didn't take a runaway truck ramp in 2019 i don't know anything about that so and um, i in uh he is in here in colorado i-70 mm-hmm. I, I take this highway every dang day mm-hmm. he was coming off of a mountain onto the front range in lakewood and crashed into traffic because his say he said his brakes didn't work mm-hmm. well he had passed up a runaway truck ramp well he passed up two mm-hmm. well he lied about his qualifications to get the job etc cetera, etc cetera. well he got 110 years in prison Mm-hmm. everybody well not everybody i should say a lot of people were like that's not fair you know he should be given like 20 years or whatever well uh-huh. this girl that i you know is always talking about these fears that she has and being sick all the time she was like yeah it's because he he was mexican that's why he got 110 years mm-hmm. and i was like bro not everything and i even sent her a message and i was like not everything is about race mm-hmm. and you live in texas <laughs> like, right you well, are sending out like wrong information and also it's not about race this is the law yeah <laughs> like, this is how the well, law is written right and um there was something in the news recently i don't remember somebody oh it was because i don't because here like again like when i see media stuff it's all the same theme right so some cop shot a black man or black kid or something and she got 
put in jail or whatever. Oh, so, yeah, she didn't pull, she pulled her taser, not her taser. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. He, and this is what I said. This is what I'm like. I'm so I look at this and I'm like, oh, this is the same thing. Same, you could just all you do is change the names, right? It's a police officer, a white police officer did something to a black person, or you know, either the officer got you know, the years got convicted or got off, right? And so, yeah. it, each side's gonna blow up. So, here's what the thing I look at that and I go, justice is different for everyone yeah it doesn't it doesn't make it right or wrong and at the end of the day we all just want to feel safe and it looks different for each one of us yeah and i totally get when people um from minority groups have that feeling or like comparison that oh this is race related or whatever Mm -hmm. because a lot of things are race related and right. I'm not denying that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just not everything is really race related. Some things are literally just the law. And, and who, Colorado and he, is like the least racist place ever. Well, and the thing is, is that's your opinion. And who decides what is race related and not? Right. Like you could, you could look at something and go, that wasn't race. It had nothing to do. And then a, a Hispanic person can come and go, yo, it did. Because again, we are all like at the airport with our childhood programming conditioning. We're all got our luggage behind us and we've all got these reactions ready to go. And none of it doesn't mean some it's right or wrong or it's black or white. That's the thing. It's like nothing is right or wrong. Everything gets put into categories with our conditioning or things being right or wrong. And that's different for everybody. Right. And, And I totally get that. I just also feel like I have, to say something to my friends when they're putting false information out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow my friends to be ignorant. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to, I'm going to, I sent her a link of the law and I was mm-hmm. like, this is the logic and this is why mm-hmm. there's no debate. <laughs> well, here's the thing right? too, Jesse. she deleted the post because right. she knew I was. Right. But also too is like, if people aren't asking for that, that's also a thing. I mean, you do whatever you want, whatever feels right. Right. But some people aren't ready for that and 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 just there's all kinds there's many truths to things is my point right not just the truth of that law right oh yeah and, and I guarantee- people are friends with me like yeah. they know that they know I don't shut my mouth and people that are yeah. friends with me, they're friends with me even what has it been like over a decade since we graduated high school mm-hmm. like she knows how I am I'm always mm-hmm. going to even if I'm stupid and I'm being stupid about it I want somebody to please tell me hey dude, you're being stupid. And I guess that I just expect people to call me out on my shit because I don't want to be a horrible person that doesn't understand other people's perspective. Right, right. But I, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that my friend is like that either. I'm just saying that. Like, mm-hmm. And you're that way because your dad was that way to you. He would call you stupid and he would call you out. And so that's like one of your conditioning and programs. Like you don't want anyone else to feel the way that you felt growing up, which dad thought you were stupid, right? And so I can see where you're protective of that with your friends because you don't want them to feel an ounce of the way that you felt when dad called you stupid. Yeah, just don't say, if you're going to say something, do research and just and keep it logical. Keep your emotions but out see, of it. Log- again, logical is different for everyone. Well, again, yeah, but this is what I mean by logical facts. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, let's pretend I'm a judge and I'm just like sitting up here doing my judge thing. All mm-hmm. I want to listen to are facts. I don't want to listen to your feelings or anything like that. This is a yeah. judge. What? Judy. And see, and that's also, let me tell you something. With judges, there is emotion. In mental health court in Texas, especially in the county I'm in, 
there's several judges. They don't, they don't even look at the facts. They just, I, there was, um, a judge that was like, you know what? I'm having a real good day. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to release you from the hospital. So again, we have this, this conception that judges, they're not human. They just go by the laws. It's not true. It's an illusion. Oh, and yeah. And like with mental health cases and stuff, I like, I mean, like just like straight, you know, cut and dry, like murder or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and when I, so for example, when OJ Simpson was being tried, everybody was watching that case. Right. And everybody, but you know, there was still a split decision with amongst the people, you know, was he guilty? Was he not guilty? Same with John Benet Ramsey, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel like, but today I feel like we don't listen to each other and we just mm-hmm. listen like, we're like, well, I feel like, right. you know, it's just like, well, who cares how you feel? Did the glove fit? No. So he got to quit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. That's all I mean by it. But see, right. Right. Yeah. And see, yeah. there's deeper connection when they, someone says, I feel right. It's not even about the case or the law or anything. It's something in them. And that's just an opportunity for you or like, you know, if you choose to, if you want to, because there's deeper meaning there. It doesn't even have to do with the law. And I can see where you're like protective, like it's the law, it's the facts, you know, but that's an opportunity for someone to share their story. Like there's something, some deep pain, there's something there, like your friend that's drinking every day. There's a reason she's drinking every day. She is lost. And if she just only knew the answers that she is trying to find are inside of her. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I think that if, the government, if they really cared, then they would make a lot more things accessible, like not just mental health, but drugs that actually help us, not just alcohol that make us worse. Well, yeah. I mean, they don't, they want to keep us asleep. They want to keep us in these illusions. They want to keep us asleep because they profit from it. But if, yeah. Yeah. And then that's one of the things where I kind of, I'm like, put those glasses on people. Yeah, like the, the government doesn't care about you. No, 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 no. They would get rid of McDonald's. They would get rid of Burger King. Like, it's one of those things where when you go to Europe, their food is totally different. And right. a lot of the things that we put in our food are illegal there. Correct. And like J- Japan, like they're very mindful about what their cattle eat because they know they're going to be digesting it. And that's going to be going into their DNA. Yeah. we But we just, you know, do this factory farming here, which... I understand the reason why we started it. I get it. Mass production of food. We yeah. did it. But, you know, one of the things that is really interesting to me, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about hunting and mm-hmm. how everybody needs to go hunting. And I'm like, well, if everybody was rich, <laughs> but they, it's because the government makes it hard to go hunting and make it like affordable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. ammunition is obviously expensive right now, but even when it wasn't expensive, you still yeah. had to like pay for a pass or own land to hunt. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where if they made it more of an opportunity, more people would probably be able to go get their yeah. own game. Right. And I, and see my overall view of all of it is that if people start questioning, why does the government want to keep us asleep? Why? Because it makes them more money. Right. And there's just multiple reasons to it. Right. So because, I mean, can you imagine if the people started going, we have power within ourselves, we don't need y'all? Could you imagine? Well, the Freemasons would freak out. They'd be like, oh, no, they figured it out. That, if that's the thing. <laughs> so it's just like that's and that's why I love that we're making this podcast and talking about these kinds of things, because this is the point, like, you know, 
people like for us sharing our story and being vulnerable and be, having the courage to do all these things and you know these kinds of topics it's like that's the thing is we can send links and do all of these things but just asking questions why does the government do this why does the government want us to sleep why are they making it so expensive and then you create your own answers and you, you can go down all kinds of different rabbit holes and it's not even just the united states it's all governments exactly exactly it's insane. like the price the cost of living in europe you know alone wow guy like living in new york city is cheaper than living in amsterdam mm-hmm. that's mind-blowing yeah it's crazy i wonder what the mashed potatoes are like in new york city probably delicious <laughs> they're a disgrace <laughs> that's all well that's all i know jesse i love you merry christmas i love you too merry christmas <laughs> <laughs>